Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today, we are welcoming Jessica Moon, a partner with Roth Bacon Moon Attorneys, into the studio today. We're going to talk about planning with certain assets. And Jesse, it's so nice to have you in studio today it on is, a nice day to it, be out. It's always lovely to be here. I really do appreciate being physically on site. It's so much easier than trying to conduct over a cell phone. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I appreciate your flexibility on all that. Oh, you know, it, it's it's what we do. You know, <laughs> if technology gives itself an opportunity for us to utilize, we probably are doing ourselves a disservice by not utilizing that's it, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah, so I do. I, I utilize it when I can. But today we're going to talk about planning with certain assets, and I think right off the bat we need to remind everybody that we're going to give you some ideas. We're going to talk about some different things, but you need to talk to your financial uh, attorney, whoever it might be, your financial rep or your attorney, to get what their best advice for your situation is. That's right. I'm doing more broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I really just want people to think about their uh, estate plan in terms of their assets. So people are really good about, we were ta- we were having a very healthy discussion beforehand mm-hmm. about diversity of assets and where you've got your your stuff laid out and plans that you have for those things. So people tend to compartmentalize that and then they think about their estate plan in terms of a will. Mm-hmm. Well, I have everything. I, you know, I wanted to go to my spouse and I wanted to go to my kids or I want this ass, you know, I, I want the business to be handled this way. But they don't think about how their assets actually plug into that. Right. And you don't have to get terribly specific on that. You can say, yes, I want everything to go 50 percent here, 50 percent here. But I think a lot of times people are, are disconnecting in, well, you may want to have your kids treated equally. But maybe you could fill up their equal shares with different assets. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what you had in mind, but you just didn't do the heavy lifting of, okay, well, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And so we start with how are your, what are your assets? Your assets are what's going to make up your estate. So everybody can have a will, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has the same assets or everybody's got the same plan for those things. Right. So it's important to remember that your assets will pass based upon their titling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if they are stuck titled in your name, then yes, the will may control how those assets will ultimately pass and may because in Ohio, as with a lot of other states, we have spousal election rights. So if we've got a blended family scenario, you may have a will that says one thing, but the spouse doesn't even have to contest the will and a different result will happen. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be deliberate about your titling of your assets. If you know you want something to go to your sibling and not your spouse or to your child and not your other child, you can manipulate that right at the source of title. Okay. So that's your accounts, your IRAs that pass by beneficiary designation, your real estate. You have to do a little bit of heavy lifting there. You actually have to take pains to address the title. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be taken for granted. Nothing is taken for granted. So start thinking about how your assets fit into your estate plan 
and how you want those assets to pass pass to your loved ones. That's really interesting because I know um, I am one of six children and and my father passed away um, just after he had retired. And my mom took a lot of things from his retirement to different things. And she laid out her plan with a financial advisor and she laid out specific parts of money into these accounts and attached our name to them saying, this is my money. I am the principal. I'm going to use it any way I want. But if I don't use it, I know that it's going to Paul or David or Frank. And that worked tremendously. I mean, we had nothing in probate when my mother passed except for her car, which we gave to my sister. It always was the perfect. car. It really, I know. <laughs> it's I know. always the car. Yeah, I, I know. A little later, I'll tell you a story about how that actually benefited my son. Not in that main, but another. But, um, but those are just great ideas to just have done. No, that's wonderful. And the fact that she had you designated and she kind of did did a little bit of the heavy lifting up front by compartmentalizing those assets for each of you. So she probably continued to be thoughtful then about which assets and resources she was depleting. <laughs> she was using, that's right. So you got to, okay, well, I got to even that out. Yeah. So that that's kind of the um, the benefit to a will or a trust is that you can say, I'm not going to compartmentalize. I'm just going to make everything pass by percentages. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to make sure that all of those assets are going into that one bucket. Right. Because you can say, I'm going to make everything pass equally. But then you inadvertently say, well, I've got Sally titled on the house with me or on this account because I need her to be able to write checks for me. And really, it's not fitting in with your holistic plan. Like, what was what, was what you really intended? Where were those assets going to go? Right. The IRA I want to go back to because this is this has come up a lot. Uh, the IRA is one of, it's it's usually, you know, other than the house, it's it's somebody's larger asset right. that, that they're dealing with. And there are benefits, particularly when you've got more than one person that you intend to inherit. You may choose different assets to fill those buckets based upon their relationship to you. Mm-hmm. Like a surviving spouse is the going to get the most uh, advantage from your IRA. Not necessarily the kids and not necessarily the grandkids. We used to say, for the older folks that wanted to leave money to their grandchildren, leave them the IRA Mm -hmm. because they can stretch it out over their lifetime. They can defer that tax into perpetuity and they won't have to worry about it. But now with the SECURE Act, we've got to take it out over a 10-year time unless you're the surviving spouse, unless you've got a child who's got a disability. That might be a planning tool that we use. So the IRA, the longer that you can stretch it out, the more you can defer the tax, the less likely that you're going to pay tax. And you just keep pushing it forward into the future. Right. So if you're in a blended scenario, meaning you are in a second marriage, you've got uh, kids from both sides, you may think uh, particularly strategically about saying, okay, I'm intending to inherit my spouse. I'm going to give him or her my IRA. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to use these other non-tax qualified monies to benefit my kids because- Overall, they may benefit equally from those same things, but not the case if you give the kids the IRA and you give the wife uh, the straight cash account that's not subject to to tax planning. So in those things, we can use your assets to benefit the kids. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. It was my mic. (laughs) Okay. We can use your assets to benefit everyone in the most advantageous manner so that, um, you know, nobody's estate is just one single asset and it's going to pass in equal parts to anyone Mm -hmm. you got to think about what type of taxation is that asset exposed to who's going to get the most benefit from it and it can i leverage the benefit that that person's going to get in a way that makes that frees up these other resources that i can pass them i can do a lot of fun 
planning for the grandkids, but maybe not with this account that they're going to eat up by the time they're 28 years old. Absolutely. Uh, so the more that we can do fun things like that, with depending on what you bring to the table, what, mm-hmm. where are where are the assets located? And, and that makes really good sense. I mean, you talk about IRAs and then you've got life insurance in there, things like that, because some things are taxable, some things are not. Some things you just, ta- you know, the principal is, is fine, but the interest is, ta- all of those mean whatever to whoever they get dispersed to. So you really have to give some good level thought to all of those. Yeah, that's exactly right. And especially when you're dealing with uh, things that are owned by multiple parties. Okay, so whenever we're talking about businesses, whether they're partnerships, whether they're S-Corps or uh, old school C-Corporations, you've got to think about uh, the assets that those businesses own aren't necessarily dollar for dollar that same fair market valuation that they are from an outsider looking in. Mm -hmm. Because in order to remove it from that business uh, setup, in order to capitalize on the step up and basis that everyone gets when they pass away, all of their stuff is taken a picture of for tax purposes and you get a step up in basis. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to be dollar for dollar inside of a business entity that's got its own set of governing documents, that's got its own tax uh, planning, that's got its own tax uh, identifier. What type of business is it? That's really going to play on how much are we leaving on the table whenever we take that asset out of the inside of the box? We're going through another layer of tax before it gets into the hands of the beneficiary. And so something that's worth $100,000 on the inside may only be worth $70,000 by the time you get it pulled out. And right. so there are a lot of things that we can do to minimize that and to move it around. And you can do what you want with your stuff. I just want you to be thoughtful about it so that you know exactly what you are leaving everyone or you at least know that you don't care how you're leaving it to them and that's fine too but you really do have a lot of flexibility and you can create you can leverage a lot of your assets to make sure that everybody gets everybody plays an important role in how those things are going to come out down the line right and you talk about titling and titling obviously comes into play when you're talking about motor vehicles when you're talking about where you live your primary residence those are also very important to have in the right names when that time comes you need to deal with that now that's exactly right and i it's i think a lot of people don't um or or maybe they they, it, it hasn't they don't think about that but when you pass away an ohio resident you if you are married your spouse gets certain rights. Regardless of what estate plan you set up, Ohio says your spouse gets to elect against this plan. They only have those rights in probate. Mm-hmm. They don't have them on assets that pass automatically through beneficiary designation, through transfer on death designation, through joint ownership, or in trust. They do not have those rights to assert against those properties. But you get into a modest estate where somebody's got the house and several motor vehicles, maybe a boat, a bank account, and they go through probate and they say, well, yes, we, this is a second marriage and we intended that we were just going to leave our plans in place and I was going to give it all to my kids. There are automatic election rights that that spouse may elect without tearing up your will. Mm-hmm. They can honor your will, but they can say, I get this instead. And so it's kind of a, uh, Ohio used to go through and say, okay, well, the spouse automatically gets the first two motor vehicles. Well, that changed into the spouse now gets the first $65,000 worth of motor vehicles. Oh. And maybe you're, maybe you're with today's prices, that might only be one vehicle. <laughs> might only know. be three quarters of one vehicle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. But it also includes a boat. 
Yeah. So you've got all, if you said, you know what, I was going to give all the cash accounts to my daughter, I was going to give all of the motor vehicles to my son, and now you've got a second marriage situation where all the motor vehicles are stuck in probate, and the spouse has now elected to receive all of those motor vehicles. Oh. Then the son's out. Yeah. <laughs> then he doesn't get it because you've got specific devices and then you've got a residuary and there's nothing left to pass out. Mm-hmm. So the son doesn't get anything. And that's just because we want to make sure that the surviving spouse isn't impoverished. And again, they're all, you know, I understand the substance as to why those rules came into existence. We can honor them, but you have to be thoughtful right. about them. And this is what can happen if you don't take it back, all real authority comes from the individual. So if you don't do anything, you're asking the court to step in and make that decision for you. And, uh, and you nobody, nobody wants that. I mean, you, you, you've you got to designate where things are going to be, where they're going to go. I mean, you hear people probably tell you all the time, well, you know, we did a, a will 25 years ago. Your kids were four. I guess. <laughs> this needs to be addressed, right? And and for those people out there, because I, I do hear that all the time. Yeah. Um, I want you to know that your will likely still says what you want it to say. Right. The The issues with that will are that probably it doesn't control a lot of your assets because you've probably designated your assets in a different manner or directly at the source, which I hope you do do. But also, the only other issue with that is that it likely has your brother Sam as the exec- executor versus your son Tony. And if Tony now survives and has to run the the assets through the estate, Tony's going to have to go get Bond to serve Mm -hmm. on your behalf because he's not named in the will. So that's typically the only problem that I'll see with an outdated will. Not that the terms are outdated, but that it's not really, it's not doing the job. I mean, you can just tweak a couple things and get that job handled. I kind of look at it like this, too. I mean, if you did do that will 25 years ago, your life was tremendously different then. And I'm (laughs) sure there are names in that will of people that may not be around anymore. And, you know, you know, not not trying to throw anything out there, except for the fact of you you need to update that thing. You've got to make sure that it's ready to go for the next step in your life. That's right. And as I tell everybody, update it and then we won't use it. Yeah, that's always my hope that we're never going to have to use the will to file anything because that really means that we didn't take care of the assets at the source. Mm-hmm. So if you're going if you're, if you're trying to be thoughtful and figure out how the assets of your estate will fit in and ultimately uh, pass, pass down to those people that you intended to receive, what's this puzzle look like? There are different ways to accomplish that. You can do that privately. You can do that through beneficiary designation. You can do it through trust designation. Mm-hmm. If you've got assets also that are subject to a to a lifetime loan agreement or private family matter where you said, you know, I gave a whole bunch of money to Sarah. She underst- We understood that she needed it. That was hers. Did you create a different account for Morgan to benefit from, to offset that? Do you care? Are you going to give Sarah the interest in that note that she signed to you? If so, does that count as part of or in addition to what Sarah's otherwise going to receive from your estate. Mm-hmm. So just making sure if you've got those private, if you've got farm property that's subject to mortgages, if you've got business property that's subject to mortgages, if you bought this house for your child, but you didn't buy a house for every child, what are your intentions? Is that going to be evened up? Don't make it a talking point after you pass away. Well, what did mom and dad really want to have happen there? Just make it understood and, and design around it. Create a life insurance policy to, to make whole the other children if that's the what you wanted to have happen. Right. There are just, uh, there's so many things that you can think about. I just want to kind of, like you said, open up your mind, 
think about what your estate looks like. Your estate is not the same as everybody else's estate. So why should your will be identical to what everybody else does? You can be thoughtful about it without being overcomplicated. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're directing the titling at the source of the asset, we're doing, we're presenting the best defense that we never have to go publicly, account for everything that's happened, open it up to unsecured creditors. You can do all of these things privately, directly at the source of the, at the financial institutions, at the real property record. You don't have to go ask for permission to move your stuff after you've passed away. Some really, really good advice. Now, if somebody would like to sit down and chat with you about their estate plan, what they have, what they don't have, what they need, because everybody's in a different situation and but everybody needs to plan for the future. Yeah. They can certainly do that with you guys. Yep. And just start best time to plan a tree. Just start <laughs> one step. OK, so uh, they can find us here locally in Marion at 731 East Center Street across from Lee's ah, across from OK Cafe. There you go. We you went be, down the road a little bit. I yep. did. <laughs> uh, and then we're uh, located behind the courthouse in Upper Sandusky, Ohio, 50 Court Street and in Port Clinton and in Fort Myers. Yep. So you guys get around. How, what's did. the best way to get a hold of you? Through your uh, through your website? Yes, please. Find us on the website, uh, rothbaconlaw.com, and call us at our office line, 419-294-2232. Really good advice, something you should uh, think about. Or if you hear this and you know somebody who has been talking about this or maybe in the situation, forward this podcast to them. Say, hey, you might want to listen to this. It'll give you some ideas and some thoughts, and uh, hopefully we can help some people out. Jessica Moon, a partner with Roth Bacon Moon attorneys joining us today on this episode of the Marion Now podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.